What up, what up? What's going on? And welcome to Between Two Posts. Kyle here and uh, Everett, how are you doing? Oh man, just dandy. You know what? Fourth of July weekend, just came back from up north, had a time up there. Um, got some beautiful the sunset Uber. pictures. It was, uh, it was pretty lit. How about, uh, how was your weekend playing well, roller? Well, we'll go back real quick because you're in the, the UP, right? Well, I mean, no, we were pretty close. I know you always think it's just the UP, but we're like a half hour south of the bridge, Mackinac Bridge. Okay, so you're wh- where were you? What was that called? So like when you hold your hand up, it's like like right Traverse there. City. It's west of Traverse. It's literally called it's called Indian River. It's in the middle of nowhere, and there's a lot of people from where I'm from that know about it that go there, but uh, it's not one of the major cities like Traverse or Mackinac or uh, even Petoskey, you could say. Okay. So what's the appeal out there? Is it kind of like nature, hiking, beach? Actually, well, I don't do any of the hiking, but there's there's probably a lot of that. But it's mainly like a lot of people go up there. They have the two lakes, Mullet and Burt. So you can take your pontoon. You can take the boat out. You go party on some sandbars. Um, you can do the kayak. There's a huge river uh, that you can do, uh, the Sturgeon River, that you can do kayaking, tubing canoeing like all that kind of fun river stuff they if you go the far distance it's like a five five hour like uh i guess boat ride but you can do the white water stuff yeah. it's pretty dope and then uh from there i mean everything's close like i said Mackinac island which is a really cool thing to go to there's no cars on the island there's horse uh drawn carriages you can bike it that's only a half hour away you can get to petoskey or harbor springs which uh is where there's a lot of ski resorts and golf resorts that's another half hour west so there's a lot of cool stuff up there yeah just a little escape from all the stuff that's going on now (laughs) yeah yeah i mean the the weird part is though it's funny because the up up north in michigan opened before anybody else did because they said there's less people blah 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 but when we were there for it's fourth of july weekend obviously everything was packed when you walked in the grocery store up there it looked like something you would see down here in the suburbs of metro detroit it's so busy and the best part is the people that are up there just don't you know, like those are your non-believers, right? Those yeah. people aren't wearing masks. They're wandering around. They kind of look at you when you come in with a mask, like you're the idiot. And it's just like, oh, you guys are in for one. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, Florida's been killing it with our cases. I think we're we've got to be up there in the top. <laughs> hey, but, we were top three at one point. So I mean, it's it's good to be the just, best at something. It's just funny because like this weekend, obviously, was uh, roller hockey nationals. And they had all these super strict rules for entering the rink and, you know, entering the locker room and all these rules. But then you go out on the floor and over the course of the tournament, you're coming across like paths with all these different players when you're playing in the game. Like obviously it's physical and there's, you interact with people. So it's just like, it's, you can take as many measures as you want, I feel like, but it's, it's still going to spread if someone has it. So so when you say interact, were you getting in fights? I never fight, no. I think, oh, you're uh, such a good guy. I, I try not to, to get in the middle of it. I try to be more of a skill guy, but there was some absolute loser out there. I don't, if he, 
he's not a goalie, so probably wouldn't hear. But if anybody knows some kid who plays, I think he's like New Jersey Titans, uh, probably like a U18 kid, just an absolute loser. So just so you guys know, I hate that kid. Wait, does he wear a bubble? Oh, yeah. Obviously, he had a bubble. Oh, it, but there, there's a kid from the U18 yeah. New Jersey Titans that uh, he has, he's big on TikTok. Roller guy, whoever he is, some roller guy out there. Does he, but he plays ice too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it might be the kid from TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And he's from I think he's from Florida actually. So Oh, it's good for you, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll track him down. Don't worry. So uh outside of that, what else is news? Not much. Um I mean obviously not much to talk about in the NHL. Um they just named their two hub cities, I think they officially decided on Hey, uh, we, we can't call them hub cities. They're some for some reason they're against that. Who is the NHL? Yeah, they asked they asked like the media and everybody else to call them something different. I can't remember what it was, but we're not supposed to call them hub cities. They're like I don't know portals or something like not portals. That wouldn't make sense. But, I thought that was like in the official statement. No, like, they, they asked they asked media to stop calling them hub cities because I think if things go south, it's like the COVID hub. <laughs> No, they just, like one day as of one day ago, their official statement says like clubs will travel to hub cities. So yeah, outside of the NHL news, there isn't really a whole lot there. Um, but I had a fun question. What's the what uh, what's it like playing prep school out east? I mean, I loved it. I had a great time. It's it's almost like I'd say it's kind of just like a sooner version of college. Like you get fans, you, you guys do draw pretty good. What's that? You guys draw pretty good fans. Yeah. I think I'd say we, I mean, our school, you got to keep in mind, our school had like two, 250 kids in it. And, um, we would, Oh yeah. We're like big. No, no, not new England prep schools. Um, I mean, St. Paul's and Exeter and them might be bigger. They might have like a thousand, but, um, a lot of them, like Winchenden, KUA, Vermont, like all those schools have like 200, 300 kids. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. I'd say that's that's probably like a typical size. Okay. Um, okay. So like, I mean, for for games, we'd get like a lot of a lot of locals and then like everyone from the school and teachers. So we're probably getting 500 people at the game, but that's like all that was in and and there's nothing around the school so like nothing zero yeah the school was the town (laughs) i so every time i came out to see you i remember coming to visit kimball um i couldn't believe how deep into the woods you guys were and it's every prep school i've gone to besides gilmore which is out of cleveland and uh, shattuck's not bad because there's a there's a little city right there um but uh, like when i go to culver when i went to see you um, you drive through the woods, you drive through the hills, these mountain ranges, all these farms, and then boop, you guys pop yeah, the little prep school little there. School. But um, it's kind of funny because like you've seen the campus, like it's a pretty decent setup for mm-hmm. the amount of kids that are there. And then mm-hmm. also, I mean, a lot of the New England prep schools are just hockey factories. Like, yeah, I mean, I think we had probably ten goalies in the school between like the guys and girls teams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're whenever you have 10, 10 goalies in a, in a school of like 250, that's kind of seems like good numbers. Absolutely. Um, and uh, they had that, 
real high prospect. What was his name? Chris uh, Chris Conan, I think he played out of <laughs> KUA, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guy's a stud, I heard. There a little bit. Quick quick cup of coffee there. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty legit from what I understand. But we do want to announce the winner of our t-shirt contest. Can I get a drum roll, Kyle? <laughs> that's that's perfect. And the winner is Chloe. I'm gonna butcher this. It's Hating. And uh she's a goalie. Hails from the great state of hockey in Minnesota. And uh and we're gonna have a thousand lakes. I thought it was a thousand. Ten thousand. Yeah, that number's inflating. You guys make up numbers, but it's whatever. It's 10, so anyways, 10, we're gonna shoot Chloe a DM, send her her uh her free t shirt, and then uh we'll get her going. But uh, we have a great interview lined up today. Landon Bow, plays huge for the Texas beauty. Stars. Huge beauty. Great big, interview. Big uh, big Alberta boy. Huge on Texas. Uh, bigger Tim's guy. And he takes a lot of losses. And if we're going to talk percentages, he, he might have like 2 or 3% of wins in, uh, in the Tim's uh, roll up the rim to win <laughs> contest. So, but yeah, guy was, uh, he had some good stories to tell. Well, I think we, we talked to him a little bit, you know. Even if you don't win the roll on the rim, you're still winning because you're getting a nice coffee, a nice little treat. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a, it's a give and take thing. If you get the roll up and you, you pick up another coffee, uh, it's just icing on the cake. But how about when you put together the two-piecer, huh? Two freebies? Yeah. That's, that's a little back-to-back. Back. Yeah. Man, it takes some skill. But uh, let's send it over to Landon and we'll catch you guys after. Between two posts tonight, hailing from the beautiful, gorgeous, well-known city of St. Albert, Alberta, Canada, standing at a tall and, wow, strong six foot five inches, Landon Bow. How are you, Landon? Well, I'm, I'm great. I uh, wasn't expecting that kind of an intro. Uh, Really hyping me up here. Five, uh, six, five. So far, that's our tallest guest so far, right? Definitely, it's got to be hands down tallest guest. Perfect. I get up on the wall. We'll send you a little uh, plaque you can put in the locker room stall. Tallest goalie ever on between two posts. Um, (laughs) So actually, before we jump into things, I reached out to your buddy Tommy. He gave us some background and some stories, but we got a discrepancy here that we got to kind of dig out right away. So background for the listeners, Tommy is one of uh, Landon's good buddies from back home. They grew up as what as Tommy describes it as rivals, right? And they grew up playing together, yeah. him and Landon, rival goalies, blah, 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 blah. But there was one point where he, Tommy said you were listed as 6'3 on the sheet. After coming down the handshake line, Tommy's standing at a tall 6'1", and he sized you up. He goes, there's no way this guy's that much bigger than me. And then I guess he said you guys went into workouts um, and then the next summer you guys kind of skated a little bit more and more together. And then the next year on the, uh, on the sheet, you were listed at 6'5". So I, I think Tommy just wants to straighten out the height discrepancy there. Well, I think the issue with Tommy is uh, like when we were younger playing, he had this uh, really curly afro uh, going on. So I think that added a couple of inches to him. Um, and I and I, I didn't want to kind of feel bad for him, you know, coming down the handshake line after we beat them. So I kind of leaned down a little bit into him, just kind of <laughs> give him a pat on the back, make sure he's feeling okay. Wow, Landon, you're such a good guy. You know, that's very considerate <laughs> of you. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Um, but no, we wanted to start off here, Landon, with a couple this or that's. Um, my first one here is, well, this isn't a this or that. This is just a general fun. But how many roll-up-the-rim career wins do you have? Uh, I'd like to say it's, it's more than what it is, but it's probably in the 30 to 50 range in there. Uh, and there's no, uh, I, I don't even want to say how many uh, chances that's out of. I mean, that's um, got to be a couple looking, thousand, right? Uh, it's probably over over my entire career. Uh, uh, it's been like the only times I ever win is uh, if it's on a free coffee, and that never happens. So it's been a, it's been a tough uh, tough record. Um, but now I decided I'm just gonna stay down in Texas for as long as possible, to stay away from it, so I can't lose. Hey, you know what? If you if you don't play, you can't lose, right? Exactly. That's so. That's what they say. Or I have a question on those. If you win the coffee, do they give you another cup that has like the, the chance to win something else? So it's basically like a free play. Yeah, exactly. So they have, I don't know how many thousands of cups they have, but they'll just give you a new one with another chance to win. Oh. So you can kind of string a few together if you're lucky. Yeah, that's not a bad, bad option there. Free coffee and another chance to win. Yeah, and then sometimes you mix it up with a little donut treat for yourself. Oh man, would that be would that be the best morning surprise? You walk in, you get your coffee, you roll up, you walk out with a donut too. A little two for one there. Oh yeah, no. Like I remember there was one year I'd, uh, I was taking Snapchats of it and um, just keeping <laughs> my record. I think I was at one for 25 at one point. Oh, that's tough. Those are some tough numbers. And it's like I, I kept going back. I just, I, it's, uh, what is that? That's sunk cost like I'm already in for that much might as well keep it going you have to right you got it you, your luck's got to turn eventually well I mean right right there is proof that their marketing strategy worked <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, and the coffee addiction doesn't really help it too much yeah <laughs> got to keep the caffeine going now real quick before we move on Landon were you ever able to string together a two-piecer where you win and then you won again I've done that once in my uh my whole roll-up career oh there um, it is so yeah i was good for for a week and uh it's feeling really really high on myself yeah the kid was hot that week right <laughs> oh yeah jay's had to keep going all right so we'll, we'll hit you with the first official this or that question winter or summer summer okay ev you want to take next i got it pond hockey or brand new state-of-the-art rink Pond hockey. Oh, okay. yeah, that's a good Canadian boy right there. <laughs> Back to the roots. Would you rather score a goal or win a fight? Uh, I've tried to fight a bunch, uh, so I feel like it's, it's have to be win a fight. I, I feel like you should be, you know, kind of at some advantage with the, with the reach. But yeah, like, uh, yeah, like I've tried. That's the thing, though, when I'm that tall, uh, like over my junior career and, uh, I tried fighting a couple of guys, but I never got any looks. And actually this year, uh, we were in uh, Wilkes-Barre. Um, I think the game was, what was it? We were up 5-2 with like just a couple seconds left. One of our guys goes down, does like a little wraparound on their goalie, uh, kind of loses his mind. And um, he starts, like it starts a whole, a whole line brawl. And uh, we are, uh, they're, he, their goalie came down. Uh, he started like shaking his hand, and uh, it's like 
does he really want to do this? I'm like standing at the bench because I'm like, I'm sure we're just going to go off. And this guy's, I think we checked it's like 5'10, like 165, 170. And um, <laughs> so I was kind of looking at my bench, seeing what everyone was saying. And they're like, what the heck? So I went, I just shrugged my shoulders, smiled at him, started throwing my stuff off. And then I got my coach on the top of the bench yelling at me to get off. And like, <laughs> Uh, I wanted to keep going, but he was yelling so much and I just didn't want to, didn't want to get in any more trouble. So I go, I pick my stuff up. I'm just like, all right, all right. Like I got my hands up. It's like, all right, I guess I'll just, just get off here. Um, but that was as close as I was going to get uh, so far. Uh, well, Hey, you know what? I think you did the right thing. Cause uh, it's better to be on good terms with the coach than uh, have him upset. Cause they already aren't too high on goalies as it is. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They're, they're always on you. So. Try to try to be good good every once in a while. You have to now. Uh, are you a big barstool guy? Not too much. Like I, I kind of dabble here and there when I see something. Uh, so I'm not as big into it as uh, a okay. lot of other guys are. Okay, no problem. I'm sure you've seen it though. Dave Portnoy is not the. Uh, I don't think he's an athletic specimen to say the say the least. So with that being said, who do you think's faster, you or Dave Portnoy, El Presidente? Uh, I think it'd be a crime to say it wasn't me. I'm not the fastest guy, but I think I, I think I'd have uh, I should be able to have it locked up there. Yeah, I don't know. He he claims to be the fastest man alive. So yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of <laughs> it's when you're the boss, uh, you don't want too many people uh, beating the boss uh, when it yeah. comes to speed. Yeah, but those clips of him trying to run like the forty is so funny because his body's just like wiggling and he's got like no no athleticism <laughs> to him. He can suck it. <laughs> what's what's one thing you're bringing to a doomsday bunker? To a doomsday bunker, um, I'd have to bring my Xbox. I think. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah, I gotta have because uh, with that you got all your Netflix on it. All you can get your TV shows, all the games you need. Um, just a time killer, really. I'm not as big into yeah. to books as other people are. So, um, yeah, I think Xbox would be if if there's Wi-Fi, it could kill a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, if the world's ending, just toss on the Xbox and play some chill. Yeah, like uh, I was like, if I need, it's like I've I've never shot like a, a rifle or anything, so it's not like I'm going with a gun or a sword and thinking I'm going to be able to survive. So we might as well have a little bit of fun before it's over. For sure. And and while we're on kind of, so do you play Chell at all? A uh, little bit. I've uh, kind of fallen out of it in the past couple of years, but I still uh, dabble every now and then. What's your thoughts on how they made uh, like your character in the game and your, your rating? Uh, well, I obviously think the rating's always low. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I yeah. don't think they know. There's got to be some points for uh, uh, getting to know me as a person and oh, yeah. quantify me by numbers, right? So. They gotta have like locker room etiquette and stuff as a as a stat on the game. No, it's just you know? it's locker room rating. That's all yeah. it is. Like, is he yeah. a locker room guy? What's the rating? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that just shoots the shoots the overall through the roof. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it just things are going right back up. Now, dogs or cats? Okay, see that's a, that's a hard one. Um, because I was a dog guy growing up. Like, we never had dogs, but we had like farm dogs and stuff. Um, so I love them, but right now, actually, we kind of started like fostering, uh, oh, very just to cool. kind of just because we had the extra time. So we have this, uh, cat right now 
who we've had for five weeks, I believe. And uh, like he's super chill, um, but when he gets going, he's very kind of amped up. Um, but when he's chill, he's like super fine to be a cat person like that. Um, but yeah, like with dogs, like having to walk them and they're a little bit more energetic outside. Um, sometimes I just like having something that'll just like sit on your lap and not do anything. Yeah, where cats kind of keep to themselves, right? It minds their own and they don't really need all the attention, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a give or take here, but I like how you gave up uh, good points on both sides. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Uh, podcasts or music? Podcasts. 100%. Really? Okay. What's your favorite pod other than Between Two Posts? <laughs> yeah, other than Between Two Posts, uh, like I kind of get into a lot of the like, uh, uh, like kind of like podcast dramas. So they have okay. a little bit of a story to them. Um, the one I'm going through right now, it's kind of a, a little bit of an odd one. Uh, it's called Archive 81. Um, and it goes through a bunch of like kind of like a, a sci-fi scenario where there's like a different, uh, a different world that they've entered through like a portal and they're trying to figure out how to survive and, and get out. And it's kind of interesting. And I've been kind of on a kick of things like that uh, where it's like kind of a little bit scary um, and you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, really? so so kind of like a like an audiobook story type thing. Yeah, exactly. So they they write it out pretty well. It comes they most of them usually come out every two weeks or so. So right. it gives me something cool to listen to. Yeah. Now is each are all the episodes tied together for like a season, or is each episode that gets released is that a one off like story and or starts and then begins and ends all in one episode? Uh, well, with this one, I think like it finished a while ago, but they have three seasons and each one is uh, kind of like its own story, just kind of developing the main story, but they're all like connected. Uh, as you go, you start hearing similar names and corporations that are involved in each one. Um, so they're, they're able to tie it together while also having like separate ones in between. Sweet. So you're into the scary movie uh, kind of genre of things or scary horse type stuff in sci-fi. What is your favorite scary movie or maybe sci-fi? I guess we could throw up both. Favorite scary movie. Um, I think it's the conjuring. Really? Um, yeah. So no. I, I think it's okay. Sorry. Is that, uh, is, isn't that the classic one? Like, aren't there two versions, the old and the new? It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, where the mother gets, uh, like, uh, like a demon possesses her, right? And she's trying to kill her kid, right? No, I think that is it. That's it? Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's, like, I know they have one that's like a prequel because it's that, uh, like, ghost hunting couple, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they got, like, I think Annabelle, and that was, like, their, their prequel to it. Oh, and yeah, and that was the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, the Conjuring one, I remember in Swift Current, uh, me and a buddy, we watched it probably 10 times over the year. And... Um, <laughs> what we do is we'd bring in other guys from the team to come watch it. And we knew where all, all the scary parts were. Uh, so we'd just jump uh, whenever we knew something was going to happen and just see what kind of screams we could get out of guys. That's too funny. So what kind of reactions would you get? Were guys terrified? Oh, yeah. There's guys that are looking through their fingers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they hated us after that. That's for sure. They wouldn't talk for a couple of days. That's good, though. I mean, you keep it interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Now, my question, and I actually was talking to a kid 
uh, Henry Graham, who's a, he's a junior hockey goalie right now. He He's from an area on Long Island, which is called, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but Montauk, which, did you watch Stranger Things at all? Yeah, I love, love Stranger Things. It's so good, right? It's the best. Unbelievable story. But did you know that Stranger Things is based off of the city of Montauk? I didn't know that. So it's a place in Long Island where apparently all this stuff, I'd have to ask Henry, but I think he's heard all of the stories. He's heard all the rumors and stuff might still go on today, but where they were taking kids there and taking different animals and blah, 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 and doing uh, experiments and doing things along the lines of what was happening in Stranger Things. So it's kind of a creepy place. That's crazy. Yeah, that they can base that off something like that. Well, it's scary that it's happening, but luckily I haven't been taken yet. So I'm safe. Um, Now, in the pad stack save selection, I know this is something we all use every day, modern goaltending, pad stack's the way to go, fill the net, that's what it's all about. But would you rather have a pad save in a two-pad stack or a poke check save in the two-pad stack? Uh, I have to go pad save just because you can get your your, uh, leg elevated a bit more and it looks a little cooler, maybe do an old Marty Turkle roll with it. I know when I played with uh, Mike McKenna a few years ago, his move was the flying poke check uh, pad stack. And that actually uh, won our series against Ontario in the first round that year. Um, it was double overtime. Or was it? Yeah, double overtime. He comes out on Michael Mercer, who's actually been my teammate for the past couple of years, uh, does a flying poke check. Michael uh, Mercer's super tired, so he's just trying to get the puck on that. Hits off Mike, bounces down, uh, gets past all the defenders. We've got our fourth liner, Sam LaBerge, who didn't play the whole first overtime. Goes down, buries it for the win. Um, and, yeah, he was, he was a huge uh, advocate of that. So he always loved when I would throw one out. Um, he was way better at getting the poke check on it. Uh, I just tried to, try to get down and get big. Got to get down, get big. And then, you know, the best part of the two-pad and then the pad save and the two-pad jam is, like, when you kick it out of air and you can actually like feel it coming off the pad and you're kicking it the other way. Oh yeah. When you can get that little extra, you try to bounce it over, see if you can get a little break. Absolutely. Now, last question. How fast do you think you can eat one row of Oreos and they could be double stuffed. They could be thin, whatever your favorite selection is. Oh God. One row. That's a ton of cookies. Um, I think, I don't know if I could get under two minutes or not. Because it's just like, like, do I get milk or is it just straight up cookie? No, you can do milk. If you want milk, you can eat them any way you like. All right. Okay. If I can do milk, then I'll have to, I'll have to do it. Like just dunk them all in. Uh, just like the hot dog eating contest to get those buns down where they just soak it in water so they can swallow it. Um, I'd say I could probably do it in about two minutes. Man, that's, that's pretty impressive because I, uh, the reason I asked that when I came home from uh, from work today, before we jumped on, I saw that we had double stuffed Oreos on the counter. So popped them open, popped a couple in, and then I realized, oh, like you know, I could have a couple more. And then before you know it, I was through the whole row. And I looked at the clock; it had only been about like maybe six minutes. I'm like, well, this is not healthy. And I just sealed up that package and walked away. And I came downstairs to get set up. So that's how I started this podcast. Was uh, a whole that's row. The, of Oreos. That's the only reason I've put that question on there. Was yeah, so that strictly. in the long run, you could tell everybody about your Oreos. Yeah. Just a little so, humble brag there. I mean, if I was trying, I, I could probably beat it in like a buck 30. Easy. But 
I don't think that's even impressive. How many cookies are in a row? Like 15? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if you're like trying to eat them, like, are you, are you, is this like without timing or like you're going into this knowing you're trying you're to eat sending it? Full send. I think anything over 30 seconds is embarrassing. There's anything no... over th- 30. I want to see How that many... on the next podcast. A little I want to see later. this. What do, what do I even like number of Oreos in a, in a row? All right, I'll. Uh, what are you gonna Google that? Yeah, I'm. I'm googling it real quick just to see number of Oreos in a row. F- yeah, fifteen cookies. So you're, you're you're gonna tell me you could eat one per second? No, that's that's. Oh, that's you get two. One, you're saying under two three. seconds. Okay, two okay. seconds to eat it. But you're like, ah, I think. I think thirty seconds is like doable. Okay. Okay. I don't know. We're gonna have to, uh, maybe that's that's my next episode. We'll do a little content run. It's not like episode. that's not like an enjoyable thirty Experience. seconds. Like you're <laughs> you're shoving them down, <laughs> but okay. I think I think it's doable. But just destroying a row. Um, that's some that? hockey stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, with that being said, you brought up your run with Mike, and I, I'll, I reached out to Elvis and I said, "Hey, like we're gonna do an interview with uh, Landon." What do you got on him? What kind of dirt you got? And this was Elvis's answer, which was actually great. He's like, honestly, this is going to sound bad of, but like, I got nothing. He's a straight lace goalie. He's really normal for a goalie. He doesn't have any quirks about him. I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. But he's like, you do. I want you to ask him one thing. What was his run with Mike McKenna like? Because it had to have been pretty interesting being with a guy who had been around the league for so long. And obviously he was throwing you a little flavor with uh, the two pad stack push, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like Mike, um, if you'd ever get to talk to him, he's, uh, he's, he's an unreal guy, uh, but he's got a lot of his own quirks. Um, like one of the things, like he's, I've never seen a better chef in my life. Uh, he'd always, uh, we'd room together on the road. So he'd always take me to these really fancy restaurants, uh, little like back alley places that you never think of going to. Uh, so he's a huge foodie. So he kind of like, uh, expanded my uh, world view of that. Um, but like weird things he did, uh, he had this coffee mug that was a rattlesnake, uh, cause they called him the rattler. So he had this cup, I think it was, I don't know, eight or nine years. Like he had a little birthday for it. Um, oh, no. it was named and everything. So he's been just carrying it along. Um, but there's that. And then before the game, uh, you got most guys doing like their warm ups and stretches and stuff. And he's sitting there, uh, he's got his crossword, his, uh, little clipboard and he's just doing crosswords before the game just kind of just keeping his mind and uh just thinking all the time it's kind of it's really different to see so he was literally like like that sounds like old time hockey like where you just showed up to the game you kind of throw the throw the bag down you might read a book and then uh it's you know 20 minutes before uh ice and then you got to get dressed and you hop on the ice (laughs) yeah no like so he'd do that and he'd play a little bit of sewer ball um and uh, he was wild in sewer ball. Guy would just do the most like insane stretches. Uh, what was it called? He did this one where it's like he'd do like a, a giant lunge, just like like a, a jump lunge, I guess. So he'd hit it with his front knee, but just like fully extended. And everybody okay. else tries to do. It. Everybody else is trying to do it and just getting hurt left and right. So it's just his little thing. What a beauty. Do you think having been with him for that stretch did that kind of help? season you into 
you know, playing pro hockey and everything like that? Because that was kind of early on, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was my second year in the league. So, no, he was, uh, he was a really good mentor. He'd seen it all. He'd done it all. Um, so, yeah, any questions I had, he had an answer for it. Or he had stories from literally all over the place, from uh, Peoria to Portland. And, um, yeah, he was, he was just uh, a lot of fun to be around. Man, he really did do it all, though. Like, that's not an understatement by any means. <laughs> yeah, and then especially uh, last year when it was his final final year before he went into broadcasting, um, I don't even know how many teams he played on. But so I remember he's like, all right, I'm going to sign in Bell or sign with Ottawa, play in Belleville, and that's going to be that's going to be it. He's going to have his family there. It's a good family town. And then he went from there, uh, and then what was it? The Mike Condon uh, goal from the, the past the red line. I think after that, that's when Mike went off. He was there for a while. Got traded to Vancouver when they played against Ottawa. So he's still wearing his uh, Ottawa gear with the Vancouver jersey. And then I think he got placed on waivers, went to Philadelphia, and then finished off in Lehigh. So the guy had a wild year for what he was really planning on, I think. Yeah, definitely. It might have stretched a little bit further than what he was anticipating. But like the one thing you kind of talk about with everybody is you got to you want to do it as long as you possibly can. Cause once you walk away, it's tough, man, life changes. And then before you know it, you could be six months out and you already miss hockey. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I know it was good for him to, to get into broadcasting cause you're still around the game. Uh, mm-hmm. so I got to be a part of that kind of feeling. Um, but yeah, that's a hard thing for like, for me, I, I didn't go to the college ways. So it's like, I don't have a degree or anything. So trying to keep hockey going as long as I can before I have to go back to school. Keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling. Now, oh, yeah. with us bringing up Elvis, uh, for the listeners, Brian Elvis Garcia is the uh, head equipment guy for the Texas Stars in the American Hockey League. Super dude. Complete beauty. Big roller hockey guy, too, on the side. Also, fellow Tendi, yeah. part of Goalie Nation. Um, what's your uh, favorite moment with Elvis? With Elvis? Um, I'm trying to think what would be the best one. Uh, he was always, it was, he would have his days where it's like he'd almost come to the rink and he'd be, he'd be either in like the best mood ever mm-hmm. or he'd just be like super grumpy and you're really hoping it was a good day when you needed a stick. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I like, I, I like working with Elvis. He's always super good with me. Uh, and I'm glad he didn't have too much dirt on me. Uh, I try, try to keep it that way. Uh, I know if I need anything. Uh, I didn't want to have to have to work a little harder for it, so. Yeah, that, that's one of those days you walk in with maybe some lunch or like noodles and co. You got to really like grease it in there to kind of get on his good side, right? Oh, yeah. You send the odd Venmo his way every now and then with a little <laughs> smiley face, keep him going. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, you've spent a lot of time in, uh, in with Texas Stars and in Austin and Dallas and everything. But I don't think if you've never been to Austin for anyone listening, like incredible city, right? Yeah, like it's it's beautiful all year round. Uh, a lot of fun, kind of like a younger atmosphere. And the, the area right where we live, uh, it's called the Domain. It's got like everything you need there. You got like high end shopping, regular shopping. Uh, you got bars, restaurants, whatever you need. Now, have you been to the Barton Springs pool before? I've not actually. My girlfriend really? uh, was was actually. Uh, we're, we've been trying to plan something for that uh, during quarantine. 
because we're not really able to go back home and she's kind of aching to go somewhere. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, uh, I didn't get to go when we were there for the equipment manager show two years ago or a year ago. And I hear it's unbelievable because between the Barton Springs pool, which is like a natural, uh, pool that, you know, nature had just created, uh, after shifting in some of the earth and stuff like that, there's a collection of water that everybody can go hang out at. It's super clean, everything like that. But then the river that cuts through Austin too, I've seen people go wakeboarding, boating, um, paddle boarding, like all that stuff through there, like unbelievable city. But with that being said, there's the bats under the bridge. Have you seen that yet? The bats? Yeah. I've actually gone a couple times. Um, the first time we were actually just kind of walking the river and we noticed there's a bunch of people standing on the bridge around seven o'clock. Um, so we're like, what's that? We're kind of trying to look at like Google, figure out what the heck's going on. Uh, we found out it was the bats. So we're like, all right, let's go up and, and see. We waited there, I think for three hours before they came out. And we're like, oh, no. we're like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're standing outside. People are trying to sell us buttons and garbage. Yeah. And, Yes, we did that. And then I went a second time just because uh, my girlfriend had a a friend in town who wanted to see it. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing over and over again. It's like, it's kind of cool the first time for about five, 10 minutes, but they go out like there's millions of bats that fly out of there. So you're there for like an hour, two hours while they all come out and it doesn't really change anything. Um, So was it worth the wait? Not at all. No, no chance. Like right. it might be different if you're on one. Like they got little boats that like uh, come up on the water underneath, so you can see it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have like a little party boat or whatever, like that could be a little bit more fun. But for standing on a bridge for for that long, I don't think it was worth it. So if you had to give it a Yelp rating out of ten, what would you what would you score it? Maybe a four and a half. Oh, that's tough. All right, well, I'll cross bats off the list. <laughs> Now, I don't, I mean, maybe on the road you guys would see Bucky's, but have you ever been to a Bucky's gas station? Yeah, actually, that was our thing. Uh, when we used to have uh, Carl Taylor as our assistant coach before he we went to Milwaukee, he loved Bucky's. So, what we do is oh, yeah. every time we, we play in uh, San Antonio, uh, we'd start driving back and we pass at Bucky's. So, instead of having a post game meal at the rink, we stop in at Bucky's, you order off that little machine that has all the screens on and everyone's standing in line waiting for their number. Um, but yeah, that was our thing for two years. Um, it was, it was a good time. I love that place. You can't beat Bucky's man. So obviously when I come down to Texas, like I handle a lot of those junior teams and stuff. So I've, I've ridden the car hard miles through the state of Texas in uh, the North, the dirty North South. But when you come up from like uh, San Antonio and then you go up to Austin and then you go to Dally, there's the gas station Bucky's and it's incredible. It's ginormous, right? Like everyone you've been to is probably huge, like a superstore size, right? Yeah. It's like whatever, whatever you want, they're going to have it. Whether it's a t-shirt, whether it's a weird shirt with Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld characters on it or ornaments for outside, like decorations, outdoor stuff you'd put in your yard, or you get to the back wall and it's full from like the ceiling down. They have, candy, gummy, snacks, peanuts, bags, anything you could find, chips, everything, they got it there. And then on top of, like you mentioned, you can order hot food. So they do everything barbecue like they would in Texas, obviously. But they got like hot brisket, um, smoked, uh, what is it, the almonds, sugar almonds, delicious. Oh, can't beat it. 
I was blown away when I walked in there. I came out with two shirts. That's how excited I was to finally see my first Bucky's. <laughs> you bought two gas station shirts. It's not Kyle. It's not a gas station shirt. Like you don't get store. it. It's a superstore. It's got everything, and it's incredible. It's like a pillar of Texas. So okay, all right. I haven't been, but uh, other other pillars of Texas. Um, are you a Whataburger guy or in a in and out? Uh, I'm an in and out. Uh, I've only no. ever been to Whataburger once, and uh, I know people are gonna hate me for all the Texas people are gonna hate <laughs> me for that. Um, but yeah, I've just been to Whataburger once. And it was just okay, so it never really drew me back in. Okay. Uh, I might have to give it another try, uh, just because it's such a big thing here. There's one on every corner. Um, but yeah, more of an In-N-Out guy. I love the the California flair. Oh man, see, we had a discussion with Cal Peterson on how it's it's we think it's overrated. But with that being said, hey, what a burger! You know, we'll shoot them a DM. Maybe get you a couple gift cards, really get things going here for you. A little sponsorship deal on the side, some Whataburger ads on the pads. That'll that'll get you going, right, Lando? Yeah. So if like we can cut that last part out and just say, wow, Whataburger, what a burger indeed. <laughs> there it is. That's the that's the clip. We'll send it there. Yeah. Perfect. Now, you mentioned um it's a younger town. You know, the big slogan in Austin is keep Austin weird. But when I was there, the nightlife scene is incredible. So I just wanted to ask, if somebody's coming to visit, what are your top, we'll go two favorite bars to go to in downtown Austin? In downtown Austin, the two favorite. Um, crap, you, like, I would, would almost just classify it just, uh, if you ever go, you got to go to Rainy Street. Yep. Like, it's basically just like a bunch of houses that have been converted into bars. They all have little uh, backyard areas. They'll have games, uh, live music. Live music is a huge thing down in down in Austin. Um, but I think like the whole of Rainy Street, I feel like that's a you got to hit it up. Absolutely. Now, with that being said, bringing up the music, I know country's big in Texas, and you are from a city that's St. Albert's north of Edmonton, right? Yeah. So you're a ways up there. So for one, are you a big country guy? I do. I love my country. Okay. Uh, so coming down here, it's like we were saying, Texas is basically just like a, a bigger Alberta. That's uh, perfect. So yeah, it's, it was kind of an easy transition uh, for that way. Like uh, lifestyles are pretty, pretty similar just in uh, other than the weather and everything else. But uh, it was, it was close enough to how we kind of lived our life. Like you've got the farmland out here. Um, like the one thing I always I always uh, laugh at is when you got guys from Ontario who come here and you drive by, you see like horses and cows just out in the field. And they're like, I've never seen a cow before. And it's like, I thought that, like, that's the weirdest thing because we just grew up around them. Yep. Yep. So yeah, like just being a, a, I guess half my family's uh, farm farmers. So uh, that was kind of nice for me to kind of grow up like that. No, I mean, it's a perfect, in terms of culture, it's an easy transition, but I'm going to go on a hunch here and say there's probably more guns in Texas than there might be in Alberta. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Like uh, when people are like, Oh, you're going down to Texas. Like everybody's got a gun. Like are you going to have a gun? Like people are going to be walking around the streets with shotguns. And I'm like, where am I going? Um, <laughs> that's good. That not... That's what Canadians think of us. So did, did you get a gun though? No, I don't have a gun. Uh, the missus won't, won't let me do that right now. Um, 
but it's, it's always been on my mind to go to a, a shooting range and, and kind of just play around with everything they got. Absolutely. Now, um, with that being said, one of the big perks of Texas and you're getting to live it is, uh, they don't, is it zero income tax or do they have the lowest income tax in the U S? Uh, there's no state income tax here. Oh baby. You gotta love that. Huh? (laughs) Oh yeah. So it's like, you're making, I don't like compared to like California or New York, you're making a, a huge percent more. Um, so I think that's why it's like an easy sell to get people to come down here. You're like, Hey, no state tax hot all year what more do you want, right? Yeah, so yeah. You, you grew up with, uh, you know, I'm sure winters with like six feet of snow, and then you come down to Texas, you're playing hockey, you're going to the rink in shorts and sandals, man. Like, does it get any better than that? Yeah, it's like uh, I've never been able to golf in January before. <laughs> so it's like that's just another another huge perk we have. Unbelievable. Um, and then I just had uh, – oh, so one of my favorite barbecue spots is Cooper's in uh, downtown Austin. But I know McKenna had shown you a lot of different uh, restaurants and places to eat, some hole-in-the-wall places, and he really expanded your palate. What, uh, what's one of your favorite barbecue spots in Texas? In Texas? Um, well, actually, I'm lucky uh, where, I'm, where I am right now in uh, Dallas. Uh, we got Pecan Lodge, uh, which I think is rated like one of the best barbecue spots in Dallas. Mm-hmm. and maybe like maybe all of texas and it's just uh, a five minute walk away from me no way um, yeah and it's uh like before the quarantine what happened is you'd go there there'd be a lineup outside the door you'd be waiting for about 45 minutes to an hour before you could order to eat no but way totally worth it what's it called again uh pecan lodge pecan lodge well we're gonna have to check that out next time that's for sure now is the barbecue better in Texas than it would be back home? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the barbecue scene back home isn't, isn't as big. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you come to Texas, everything's barbecue. Everywhere you go, you, like if you want good, really good barbecue, it, it's not that hard to find. No, everyone's got it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the best down here. Now, going into you know the switch from home, being and Alberta being in St. Albert and then coming down to Texas. Um, what's one thing you would want to bring from home down to Texas with you that Texas just doesn't have, or they don't do it right. From back home. As like Canadian cliches, is going to sound like I love if we had Tim Hortons down here. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I'm not a huge, not a huge uh, Duncan guy or Starbucks. Like, I just want some, yeah. some good old Canadian coffee. Yeah, Kyle, how's that sound, huh? Some good old Canadian uh, uh, coffee. Not everyone, you know, has that acquired taste. So it's it's just for him, it's like a homey taste. And I'm yeah. not against Tim Hortons. I just think Starbucks is overrated. I understand the Tim Hortons pitch. Starbucks is just too expensive for what you're getting. You're just getting sugar crap. Like, 100%. I like, yeah, I just want like a good, a nice black coffee. Uh, large black coffee and uh, a honey cooler. Curly's baby. Yeah, that's the, that's <laughs> like the one area I don't think Dunkin' or Starbucks can compete with Timmy's is the like the pastries and the snacks. Yeah, I don't know what they put in them, but they're they're the best. <laughs> See, now here's the only the only issue I have with Kyle. Kind of like, oh, I'm I'm in the middle. Is he used to say? Well, he does say Tim Hortons coffee is more like a dessert. 
he said, you know, like sometimes you get a steak and you go to Dunkin' Donuts, that's your steak. That's your steak dinner. It's delicious. But you want a little dessert after. You want a little like something sweet. It's okay. It's like a treat. Then you go to Dunkin' or uh, sorry, Tim's. And I just, I think it's the other way around. Duncan's like, oh, it's okay. It's not you really worth stopping. But Tim's, it's a go-to. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know how you could say Tim Hortons is a dessert coffee. Uh, like, I know, actually, I was able to find on Amazon, they got uh, the little Keurig pods for Tim Hortons. So uh, I buy an 80-pack, and that'll last me for two months. And then I just oh, get another yeah. one sent in. Hell yeah. Landon figured it out. You know how to do it, buddy. Oh yeah, you gotta gotta uh, find little workarounds down here. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll take it back a little bit, some some old hockey stuff. But um, first thing we do usually is like when we're gonna interview a guy, we elite prospect them. And I don't know if you're aware of it, but uh, after five years in the dub and four years pro, you still don't have a picture. And I mean, I don't know. They gotta get on that. <laughs> yeah i don't like uh i didn't even know that i haven't looked at my elite prospects page in a while um but yeah like this i i got a couple pictures like if they want they can i can dm them and uh send them a few if they want to find a good one i was just shocked um, you know i mean even even i got a picture up on mine and i i don't have <laughs> <laughs> i'm not playing in the in the ahl right now so um but then also kind of going back to your your days in the dub what was your favorite memory of juniors or what's kind of the just craziest thing that would only happen in junior hockey it would only happen in junior hockey um well like i played my first four and a no three and a half years in uh swift current saskatchewan a uh, little town of i think sixteen thousand people and we didn't have like a nice sleeper bus or anything crazy like that uh so when we'd have to do our, our long uh 16 17 hour road oh. trips every other year to go down to uh, Washington state. Um, you just, I think we'd start off down in usually like Portland, work our way back up. Um, so just like those trips, uh, I don't think there's any way to, you can really get the point through to people like how, how much it like brings people together. Yeah. Um, like we were building card tables in the back out of just plywood we found around the ring. <laughs> um, just doing something to keep us going. Um, so like trips like that, like you, you just can't, can't, uh, I wouldn't give them up to the world, but yeah. I, I wouldn't go back to them. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. You'll take the planes now. It's probably a lot nicer. <laughs> exactly. Now with that being said though, um, being the dub, is that truly the toughest major junior league there is? I think so. Um, when you got like the, the I'm going to be really attacking the O and the Q here. Uh, but over there, you got a lot of, a lot of more skilled guys. Uh, there's not as much hitting, not as much fighting. Uh, and then in the dub, you got a bunch of tough, big farm kids um, just beating the hell out of each other <laughs> for 72 games instead of 68 or whatever they play out east. Yeah. So, so like when you get down to the Memorial Cup, it's, they're, they're a little bit more fresh than we are. At least you kind of are a little sheltered as a goalie, though. You know, they're probably out there to protect you, whereas, uh, you know, like you said, the Q, um, probably those goalies are getting hung out to dry a little bit more on, on some plays. But 
Oh, yeah, honestly, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the amount of skill out there, like you always see the top guys just kill the league with like 110 in the point points department, and there's like six of them. And it's like, what do you, as a goalie, like, what do you do? Just three on ones, three on O's, two on O's, two on ones. It's a blast, you know? Oh, yeah, what, what more would you want in a game? For sure, for sure. Um, now, going back on the, the stories Tommy gave me, and, you know, I want to preface this with Tommy loves you. He's a great – he believes that you're a great guy and uh, would never want to have a guy that he grew up with and be friends with uh, more than you. But he gave us some good insight on the uh, the weekend in Humboldt. You guys had you guys were playing in a uh, charity tournament, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did that, like, back in St. Albert. Uh, it was kind of hosted by uh, a couple of the guys that uh, knew the ki- a few of uh, the kids that passed away in that Humboldt crash. Um, so there was the second year of the tournament last year, and that was the first one I was able to get into. Uh, so I was able to bring in Tommy as my other goalie. And, uh, yeah, that, that uh, weekend was a ton of fun. So it sounds like that might be a little bit of an understatement because Tommy said, he's like, oh, you know, Lando told me I could stay with him, so that's great. And then he, uh, he chipped in next that your brother was driving you guys to the games, so you guys were able to have a couple of wheat-flavored Gatorades, huh? Yeah, uh, you, you have to make sure you're loose going into those games. You don't want to hurt yourself. you got to keep the muscles, keep them stretched out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, when you've got a, a, a DD uh, that's able to help you out, um, it's, it just makes the, the games a little bit more fun and uh, takes the hurt off the, the night before. Absolutely. You just got to kind of keep it rolling, right? The wheat Gatorade keeps you hydrated. I love that when he texted that to me. I laughed so hard. I'd never heard wheat Gatorades before in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's what that, I knew. Tommy was going to be the perfect guy to tell stories because uh, like that guy, uh, his memory is I think like 100. percent Like he can remember anything. So I remember we did a uh, a radio interview in Edmonton, mm-hmm. and he was bringing up stories about like my stats and my games when I got traded from Swift Current to Seattle that I didn't even remember. And I'm like, really? I don't know how the hell, how do you know this? Uh, but he was basically just like leading me through it. Like, all right, how about what, do you, what about this? Tell me about that. And I was like. How do you know this? That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Um, and then at the tournament, I guess you guys were the only two goalies that didn't want to either. There were a couple options. You didn't want to take warm up shots. So you guys just straight up didn't get on for shots. Or you guys were doing shootout warm ups. Or there was, you guys mixed in a 3v3 warm up too. Is that right? Yeah. Like uh, we'd come out, depending on how we're feeling at the time, one of us, like if you're the, if you weren't playing until the second half of the game, you might just sit there and stretch and drink as much water as you physically can. Uh, or it's like, yeah, we'd be like, everyone else is doing proper drills and stuff for warm-up. And it's like, we're just here to have some fun. So let's do some breakaways, really screw the hips up right at the start. Uh, but like it worked out for us mostly other than in the final game. Uh, so we made it, came in second. So it was a big jump. Because uh, the team we were on the year before didn't win a single game the entire tournament. Ooh. So from, from being the worst to second, uh, we're going to take as much credit for that as possible. 100%. I mean, he said you guys had lowest goals against in the tournament, right? Yeah, I think we were averaging maybe like two and a half a game. And when you're playing in stuff like that, it's uh, it's an absolute shit show. Well, it's like least. six to ten goals, right? Minimum. Yeah. So, so no, it was, it was good feel-good moment. With that being said, though, Lando, 
are you going to take that strategy for warm-ups? Do you think you're ever going to take it to a pro game? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think if I took it to a pro game, I'd, I'd get released uh, before warm-ups was over. Um, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I'd... Uh, I don't know yeah, if that I, would fly over. You're probably right. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, yeah, I want shootouts and warm-ups. And everyone's like, no chance. That's going to happen. Some weak Gatorades in the room beforehand? Yeah. Yeah, the coach sees that and just packs your stuff up for you and kicks you right out. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And then the last thing Tommy had brought up was, I think I think this had happened. You guys were hanging out after you had just signed for your first year pro. You guys went out to a lunch, you know, there's a little happy hour. You guys hung around, might have gone past happy hour. You guys are enjoying yourselves, hanging out. Apparently, uh, Tommy had gone to the bathroom, and by the time he had come back, there was no bill. And then he asked the waitress, where's the bill? And then the waitress said, well, you know, your buddy got it, but he said the next time you, when you finally sign your pro contract, you owe him lunch. Well, I guess he's been dodging you on that because uh, he had his one year and then e-bugged and now he's done. (laughs) I know, and then now the guy's hiding in uh, in mass right now. He's trying to be a doctor. Uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting for that lunch, a couple drinks. Well, he's got no excuses because if he's going to be a doctor, he, I know for a fact doctors cash big checks. So, come on, let's be real here. Somebody owes somebody a little lunch, huh? Yeah, like I'm hoping uh, if I keep this dragon on long enough, I might be able to squeeze a Morton's steakhouse out of it. Ooh, a little interest on there. Of, yeah, instead of a BP's happy hour. <laughs> oh man so where uh where are things at right now for hockey for you are you uh you skating a little bit yeah i've actually the past uh three weeks uh the rinks finally opened here in texas uh so i've been out with uh kevin Connaughton and jordy ben just at one of the rinks in town um okay. so we've been doing a couple we've just been doing our own drills our own practices waiting as things develop just to see what the next steps are. Like I know we have our training camp dates and everything, but mm-hmm. we got to make sure all the logistics are set up for safety and everything. So we're just kind of sitting around waiting for phone calls. Well, that'll be exciting though. Um, with that being said, I almost skipped over this and I wanted to ask you had been a CCM Reebok guy for, I mean, the longest part of your career, right? Yeah. For most of it. Yeah. So what, uh, what, pushed you to make the big switch because i know at one point in idaho you had the stick and the glove but that was it so what made you go for the big push here and to uh to go to vaughn well one of the things was actually uh is berkey talking to him uh in grand rapids like every time we were there he had two full bags of everything i, I could want um so like I'd, I'd do a morning skate and then i'd come off i'd throw on some some pads or the gloves and just go uh, do a little bit extra um, but he was always there. He was pretty, pretty adamant about trying things. And I, I always like to try things. Never know what's going to be the right thing for you. Um, but yeah, Berkey was a huge push uh, to get me to switch over. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it's probably been worth it, huh? Yeah, I think so. You get to meet good guys. You get to be on podcasts like with CCM. <laughs> they never brought me on their podcast. Yeah. Hey, no, CCM's not doing this. Exactly. <laughs> Now, you jumped into, uh, you recently are testing right now, uh, Dom Malerba's mask, the Vaughn, you know, custom mask. What are your thoughts on that so far? It's been good. Uh, got the new chin strap from you, uh, sending it in. 
Um, so it's kind of been a little bit playing, playing with it just to make sure it fits properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm learning how to deconstruct my helmet, uh, <laughs> which is always fun. You never know when you got to be your own equipment manager. Um, but yeah, I've enjoyed it. There's a lot of, a lot of space in there. It doesn't, like as I've been, uh, what I got the Bauer one right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's kind of a big change from that. Uh, and I've been using the Bauer helmet since, since I came into pro. Um, but yeah, it's, you guys have been great. Like, I remember when you're like, Hey, would you like, we want to try one of the helmets? And I was like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. It's like, all right, well, let's get like a face print or whatever. And I was like, okay, so I thought you were just going to take an iPad, kind of map my face out that way. And you're like, yeah, let me just go to the home store and grab some uh, quick drying cement so I can put it on your face. That's how we do it, baby. We do it the yeah. real way. No, uh, there's no tech. You can't get it wrong, you know? So I had to run to Home Depot while we while I was in Austin visiting uh, the team and seeing Lando. And then all we do is we lay the plastic, or uh, there's this thing that goes around your face. We saran wrap you down, throw it on some plaster, and wham, bam, we got our face mold, and we're building custom masks. Yeah, no. Take the best setup you could have. It's not, you're not going to screw up when you do that. But. Exactly. That's the whole point. So, um, Kyle, you got anything else? Uh, not really, other than just saying how he's got to know how brutal the feeling of just like Vaseline on your face after you take off the cement is. It's like it's the most disgusting oh. feeling ever. <laughs> yeah, especially you got it on for like 15 minutes. And it's just your face is so oily and you just feel terrible after. But. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. It's gross. But, I mean, it's just part of the process. So, I think it, it's almost worth it, though. You know, unlike sitting on the bridge for four hours to see the bats, you know, I think getting that, that helmet back in the mail is worth, you know, a little 15 minutes of Vaseline on your face. So Yeah, exactly. And then you get, you get a better product out of it than, than just a bunch of bats going into the night sky where you can't see them anyway. Exactly. So if you had to rate getting molded for a mask and a custom mask on a Yelp review, what would it be? I have to go up nine, nine and a half. Oh that's yeah, baby. Really? It was a fun. So that's <laughs> just a good it's way to you never, Yeah. It's, it's something you never get to do really. So yeah. it's always fun. You get some good pictures out of it. So it was a good time. Hell yeah. Definitely. Well, Landon, you got anything else for us? Uh, I wish I had some stuff to plug and, uh, but no, this has just been a good time and, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. No, we appreciate the time and taking uh, the time to chat with us. Um, we will plug, uh, Whataburger for you there. Maybe get you a little sponsorship somehow. Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank yeah. you, Landon. Um, thank you. You need anything else? Keep me in the loop. Just, uh, you know, the phone's always on. You got me and Berkey, so don't uh, hesitate to reach out already. All right, perfect. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. We'll see ya. See ya. All right, bye. Once again, a uh, huge thanks to Landon for coming on. It's always great to hear from guys playing uh, pro hockey for a living. It's always cool to kind of see what they go through on a daily basis, and um, best of luck to him as he moves forward. Yeah, I can't wait to see. Uh, I mean, I still i am not too high on all this hockey being played out, but – if he does, uh, I got a good feeling he's going to be one of the black aces with the uh, traveling with the Dallas Stars. So it'll be exciting to see how things pan out. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Stay Go. tuned for our next one. Uh, and do you have anything cool going on with New Jacks? Uh, I mean, obviously, this is, <laughs> this is the time everyone wants a mask done. So, like, the amount of emails I've gotten in the past week – of people saying, 
hey, uh, I want my mask done. I need it before August. And I'm like, like, where have we been the last three months? Like, why, why would you email me now and say, I need a mask done in three weeks? That's just, we got to be better on that. Well, some people, some people play at different times, right? Or does all ice hockey pretty much start every year at the same time besides with COVID? I, well, I, I think, I I think for the there. most part, it starts around the same time. But what just like makes no sense to me is why does everyone like, here's the thing, no matter what pain are you go through? Like, I think the quickest turnaround time you're going to hear at this time of the year is like two to three weeks. If, okay. if wow. That's, that's a, even that's faster than I thought. No, that's a miracle. So let me say this. That's like, uh, wait, a miracle. Yeah. M- miracle. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> it's a miracle. But like, all I'm saying is this. I'd say your average wait time you're going to hear now is like probably like five to six weeks. Okay. So. Understandable. When people are – I'm getting emails. I'm sure every painter is right now. And people are saying can I, they want a finished product in their hand in three weeks from now, which is just – that's not how it works. Yep. So, So uh, – with that being said, how do we put a positive spin on that? What would be your advice to the goalies out there that need a mask painted and they know season is coming? And if they don't have a backup mask, what do you do? Well, I'll t- I mean, basically, I'll tell you this much. If you're a guy right now looking for a paint job before August, you're out of luck. <laughs> you're, it's like if you order gear a month before the season and you expect it to be there, for your, your home opener, it's not going to happen. There's no, there's no possible way. So, I mean, I, I really have no advice for them other than to, I mean, I guess next year you got to plan ahead a little bit more. Um, for now, uh, I guess get, get your order in as soon as you can. So then it's, it's not even later than it would be. So I'll put the positive spin on it since you didn't. At the end of the day, it, it sounds like if you're ordering your mask to get painted now or you're requesting a paint job, blah, 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 blah. Um, you have to be kind of mindful of every other goalie out there is looking to get the same thing done. Everybody wants a paint job. Everyone's starting around the same time. Now with the exception of COVID going on and things, some leagues might be starting later. Some things might get pushed back. That gives anyone that's working in production to create uh, or paint a mask or create gear, build gear, manufacture anything. That'll give us a window, but just be mindful of what everyone's working on and where everyone's headed as they go into the next season. And two, on the term, in the terms of a mask, if you can find a way to have a backup or you have an old one that's still usable and safe and everything like that, you know that might be something you want to capitalize on while you or, wait for your mask. While we're on that topic, if your mask, you know, has seen better days, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to, uh, you know, go out and look for a new one. Obviously. Uh, I think mass prices nowadays have have definitely gotten better uh, for the quality you get for your price. And then you still have a mask. And if you're going to pay for a custom paint job, you might as well get it on something that, you know, is safe and protective. So have you ever painted like a used old mask, like a, a crack it's, chin? It's disgusting. It's <laughs> so, not even, it's not even, I don't need, here's the thing. Obviously structurally you want the mask to be good. If your padding just looks like someone like used it as like a outhouse for the last year, just it's time for a new mask. <laughs> With that being said, don't some you have of that a, stuff is gross. Don't you have a great deal, Kyle, where you if you order a Vaughn Custom Pro mask, which is 
a mask that's made overseas but built off the Jimmy Howard shape. Comes in two sizes, medium and large. It is uncertified. Comes with the Tribar Cat Eye Cage. Don't you have a deal set up where if a kid orders that and orders a paint job, they get a special setup there, pricing? Yeah, I think I think we're trying to work on that with some special pricing. So obviously, uh, I mean, maybe we'll throw out another ad for that this summer. So with that being said, between two post goalies, if you are looking to get a paint job and your mask is a little fried, toast, seen better days, well used, uh, don't be afraid to hit up New Jack's Airbrush and ask him about the deal where you get a Vaughn Custom Pro mask which is gross. Oh yeah. It's a great man. And a fresh paint job. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously pros choice is probably the best mask out there. So it's the pros any, choice. Anytime you can get one of those and not have to wait. And it's a pretty good price point too. So absolutely. And with that being said, uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe, and DM Kyle uh, all your ridiculous uh, paint requests. And we'll see you next week. For sure. See you. Adios, Kyle.